it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to cover Florida State's upcoming visiting weekend uh, to talk about who's going to be on campus, what's Florida State look like position-wise with these guys, and we're even going to talk about some commitments that have happened over the last week or so. As always, I am joined by my fellow three stars, Josh Pick and David Stout. This is part two of our recruiting back-to-back podcast so if you haven't checked out the first one hit pause go pull up that one we recap the last week get our thoughts there that'll help you prepare for where we're jumping right away but before we do that let's real quick josh david how are you guys doing still a little bit of uh no flu and flu going here but um excited to talk about this there either is or is going to be an article that really kind of breaks down the visitors coming up so that uh, between that article and this podcast, you'll be the most popular guy in the FSU recruiting room. I got to say is where's Sadie? Where's the puppy? Let's go. We need some barking. <laughs> she, yeah. I put her on mute a few times. She got her collar stuck in her bed. So that was a five alarm emergency during the last podcast I had to mute during. So we'll see what shenanigans happen this time. Oh, never a dull moment in the through and through house. Let's jump into Florida State. Two commitments that we all three believe are instant impact type players. Um, We talked about him for a little bit last podcast, but let's start with Jaheim Bell. Just kind of finish up that discussion we were having uh, in the last one. Uh, This is a guy that, uh, David, I want to start with you because you really kind of hit on this. This is not a guy that's just going to be a tight end at Florida State. This is a guy that's going to be kind of all over the field in that H-back type role. Um, and what is it exactly about his game that you think he'll impact Florida State the most? Well, you nailed it, Tim. It's that versatility. 
And not only is he a versatile athlete with, you know, a lot of experience, he's got experience doing it against some top-notch competition in the SEC, playing against Clemson and having success. Um, so this is, this is um, the cool thing about Jaheim Bell is, you know, people look at him and, and they look at his, you know, his measurables being six foot three, two thirty five ish, whatever. If he's going into the NFL draft right now as a tight end, he doesn't get drafted. So what's going to set Jaheim Bell apart and what is going to make him an excellent fit at Florida State is that he's not just a tight end. He can also line up outside as wide receiver. He can be an inline guy. He can be a, you know, a gadget guy kind of a thing, do some reverses or whatever, because he has experience playing halfback and tailback. And, you know, it just, it's incredible to see him have success because he got over, if if I'm not mistaken, he's accumulated over 300 rushing yards at South Carolina. Um, Great pass catcher. I mean, knows how to shield off defenders with his body. And so this is somebody who, if he's going to get drafted in the NFL, he's going to do it because he can be a gadget guy and he can be someone you can fit in in multiple schemes and, and uh, you know, really be a weapon at different parts of the field and try to try to, you know, get him some mismatches against smaller corners and slower linebackers. So um, very excited to see how he's going to fit in the Florida State offense. Um, and, and here we go again, man, another former Gamecock who's coming to Florida State. Uh, we've already had guys like Keir Thomas, Jamie Robinson, uh, Turnitin this last year. I mean, we're, we're setting up a little bit of a pipeline here to where, you know, Florida State is almost the finishing school for some of these guys. And so it's it's really exciting to have him on board. Um, the tight end room is a room that drastically needs to be flipped. And Jaheim Bell is a big part of flipping that room. Yeah, I, and I, I think it was, a, it was a statement for Florida State in that this was a guy they targeted. This is a guy they zeroed in right away on, and uh, they were able to pull him in. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right, Tim. They locked him up right away. They didn't give any other teams the chance to get in with him. That was a big power move. Yeah, and another guy that they did that with, uh, they tried to get him last year. Uh, Miami was able to sway him one way or the other, but a local guy, uh, teammate in high school with Joshua Farmer on the Florida State, uh, defensive lineman uh, Daryl Jackson. Uh, and this was, this was a good win for Florida State. Robert Cooper's gone. Fabian Lovett is probably leaning towards going pro, although we haven't heard anything one way or the other. Uh, this is a this is a position that Florida State needs bodies at, uh, and this is a guy that's going to come in and be right in the rotation at Florida State. Uh, and this is a guy that looks to truly be happy to be out of his current situation and at Florida State, Josh. Yeah, so Florida State lost two Jacksons and uh, Jared and Chambray, and they brought in. Daryl Jackson is better than those two combined, in my opinion. And uh, it would have been a lot cheaper for Florida State just to take him out of high school. But such is life. They didn't, I guess, didn't really know if he was going to be a defensive end or if he could grow into a tackle. He's grown into a tackle and he's kind of a beast on the inside. So it probably cost a little bit more money this time, but a really big pickup for Florida State. And, and some credit to Corey Fuller, who coached these guys in high school as well. So some, some credit to Coach Fuller there. Really cool to see Josh Farmer and Daryl Jackson be reunited again. Uh, and I've mentioned this in the thread too. Um, from what we understand, Daryl Jackson is a, an extremely hard worker, very similar to Josh Farmer, 
which is awesome because Josh Farmer, I, I don't know if you can find a harder working guy on the Florida State football team than Josh Farmer. So these guys are only going to feed off of each other and, and push each other to be greater. So, you know, things things happen when they're meant to, and, and it took a little bit longer than they would have liked, but really going to be cool to see these two guys along the same defensive line in college. Yeah, and the, they weren't just teammates in high school. Like These guys are like inseparable best friends. Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, and it, it's 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 really cool to see because kind of again adds to the family feel at Florida State because these guys are going to come in uh, and and be uh, like they were never apart. It feels like so it's going to be great when we see one of them make a play together uh, at the same time on the field and they go crazy. Um, one other commitment to talk about, David. I'll go with you because I know you wrote the article this morning. 2024 commitment from Jamori Flag. Uh, out of Booker T down in Miami, uh, defensive end. Uh, I think he's about six five two thirty five two forty something like that. David, I don't know if you had any details specifically on Flag. Yeah, so uh, great news this morning because uh, Flag FSU actually was his first offer. Um, so this is another case of free scouting university. Uh, since Florida State offered, he has since gotten offers from Syracuse, Georgia Tech, and. Um, uh, one of the directional Florida, I think Florida International, but uh, went ahead and popped for Florida State today and um, got to got to look at his huddle highlights and uh, he plays pretty much all along the defensive line. He's got a lot of highlights at defensive tackle at the interior spot, but uh, 24-7 has him coded as an edge right now. But I think uh, Josh made the comment that it's, it's more likely that he probably grows into an interior guy, uh, which I agree with. But what you see first when you look at his film is, is uh, very violent hands. Um, he's a guy who is already adept at shedding blocks and, and getting past, uh, you know, the, the initial block and, and disrupting the backfield, whether it's clogging up a run lane or, you know, using deceptive speed. I mean, he's quicker than you think he's going to be and uh, getting right back into the quarterback. I mean, there are a couple plays on there where he meets the quarterback and the running back right as the handoff is happening. And so um, quick guy, good footwork, uh, uses leverage to his advantage. And what's really exciting to see this is this is happening at Booker T Washington. I mean, they're not, they're not scrubs. They play against some serious competition. And so you're talking about a guy who just completed his um, his uh, what a sophomore season junior yeah sophomore no junior season I don't know uh, no flu and flu strikes again but uh, suffice to say a young guy who has a lot of development ahead of him at the high school level and so what'll be exciting is is to see you know now that he's jumped on with Florida State and and. Got- more name recognition, we're going to see what other programs offer him and jump in the mix and try to flip him. And And uh, it's always good to have a presence down in South Florida if you're Florida State. And um, we'll see what happens with potentially Miami and all that with the ties they have and, and all that. But I'm really excited about this one. It, you know, you can never – it's the old football adage that you can never have too many bodies on your, your – big bodies on your team along the trenches. And so when you can find a kid like this who already is showing some really positive tools and and development it's exciting to see where he's going to end up so definitely want to keep an eye on um i believe he is commitment number seven i think for tribe 24 um and tribe 24 is still looking pretty darn strong right now so uh very exciting times and it was nice to see a little a little pop from 2024 because we're so focused on 2023 right now nice little reminder that the coaches are putting in all this work for multiple cycles on the recruiting trail 
Yeah, uh, that was one that um, we weren't expecting. I don't think anybody was really fully expecting, but uh, another free scouting university. Uh, we've seen Florida State do this time and time again, be the first to offer some guy out of South Florida that ends up blowing up on the screen or the, on the scene. So we'll see what happens with Flag, and hopefully he'll stay committed to the good guys. And then speaking of free scouting university, uh, Luke Cromanhawk offered by Oklahoma today. So I don't think there's anything Ooh. to worry about there. I think he's very solidly a null, but just congrats to Luke. And I think, you know, Florida State had a great eye, and they were able to get on him early, and he's going to be a leader for that class. Yeah, if you, you needed any more proof of concept, Florida State fans, if, if Jeff Lebby is offering a quarterback, that's a big seal of approval. All right, guys, let's talk about this upcoming weekend. Um, the last weekend before early signing day for high school, uh, transfers have a little bit longer, but uh, last chance for Florida State to uh, make an impression on the high school guys. Uh, and Florida State's got a really big slate of high school guys coming in uh, and also some transfers. For the majority of the, the names that are going to be here this weekend, they are commitments. Um, so, Josh, if you just want for a minute to kind of highlight the commitments that are going to be here this weekend, we don't spend a lot of time on them, but uh, if there's anything that stands out that you want to specifically bring up. But uh, let's talk about the commitments first, and then we'll talk about guys that are not committed to Florida State that are still coming in this weekend for the high school. Yeah, of the commitments, the two that jump out to me are Keith Sampson, just because he recently visited North Carolina State when he was down in the triangle for his uh, high school championship game, which they his team won, New Bern won the state championship down there in, in Chapel Hill. Uh, it's great to see him in Florida State. There was a little bit of concern about the NC State visit last weekend, but when he follows that up with a, a visit to Tallahassee, I think that'll pretty much seal the deal there. And then Mr. Everything, Hakeem Williams, who was in L.A. last weekend, hang out with Asante Samuel. Uh, he's back in Florida State to help try and bring some boys home this weekend for uh, the Knowles. The, the other one uh, that stands out for me, obviously Lamont Green Jr., it's great to see him. It's great to see Hakeem back after uh, – after his trip out west, uh, so some great, great recruiting moves that happened there. Um, um, so I, so I, I do want to mention, too, a couple of absent names right now that are um, commitments that we are monitoring. Um, first on is uh, Darren Goldie Lawrence. So Lawrence was originally expected to be visiting this weekend. That has since changed, and he will not be on campus this weekend. So we know we'll get into this in a minute, but FSU will be hosting a, a Florida commit at wide receiver. So definitely something to monitor. Um, we've wondered if Goldie was going to be recruited over in this class or if he's going to stick. Uh, not sure whether Florida State takes three or four high school wide receivers in this class. So just something to monitor. He hasn't decommitted or anything as of this podcast, but uh, just something to keep in mind. And then uh, we know because it's going to be asked um, Keldrick Falk. So as of right now, while we are recording this, uh, Falk still has not made his decision as far as where he will be this weekend. Suffice to say that both Auburn and Florida State staffs are working feverishly to make sure he shows up on their respective campuses. Um, but th something I really want to emphasize, because this came up in the thread and I got a little bit pissed off about it, Falk has done everything the right way. He's a stand-up kid. He has always communicated well with the coaches. He's been very consistent on his message that it would take a drastic change for him to not be committed to Florida State anymore. He has alluded to that as potentially a coaching change or, or some kind of probation or something like that. So um, with that, it's going to be really interesting to follow. And if he does decide to 
uh, be at Florida State, then I don't think we have anything to worry about. But if he does decide to go to Auburn, it is not a death knell for Florida State by any means. It just means that Florida State and Auburn, things are going to get a lot more interesting. So with that, um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly let you guys know as soon as uh, Mr. Falk makes his decision as to where he will be, and, and we'll let you know what happens from there. Definitely going to be an interesting weekend as it comes to Keldrick Falk, um, because I, I think if we see him go to Auburn, I know, like you said, it's not a death knell, but I think we now go into decision mode um, yep, with absolutely. him when it comes to early signing day, instead of feeling very confident that he's going to stick to his commitment, it, it probably more becomes 50-50. So you alluded to it there, David. Um, Florida State's going to be hosting wide receiver, and I think it's Andy Jean. Is that how you say it? Or is it? am I saying it correctly, guys? Correct me. I'm not sure. I think it's Gene, but I'm not sure. Okay. It may be- There's going to be a couple of names we maybe butcher here, and I apologize. Just blame the cough syrup. He's, been a, he's, been a, he's visited Florida State a couple of times, but then committed to Florida and as you mentioned, David, I'll stick with you because it's wide receivers. Uh, this is a guy that potentially could replace uh, a member of this of the current class if uh, things don't shake out a certain way. Yeah, it could could be a replacement. Uh, and honestly, if that were the case, it would be an upgrade. Uh, or he could be an addition. They may keep Goldie. You know, I I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see. But um, so so Gene or Jean is a very interesting prospect because he originally was committed to Miami, backed off that commitment, um, became a free agent again, then committed to Florida. And then, uh, you know, we knew that FSU had been talking with him along with a couple of other guys committed elsewhere, Micah Mays at Wake Forest and, and such. But um, they were able to get him in for an unofficial visit for the Florida game. And with him being committed to Florida, you're like, eh, you know, you take that with a, a shaker of salt. Like, is he just getting a free trip to see his, his boys play? But then he came back the next morning and he, he interacted a lot with uh, the staff and, and with some of the other prospects. And we're like, OK, well, he just, you know, this wasn't just a free trip for him. He, he does actually have interest. But we wondered, we were like, all right, is this going to parlay into an official visitor? Is this kind of, you know, it? And we'll see him in, in orange and blue. But here he is. He's going to show up this this weekend. So um, as of right now, I would still have to think that Florida is the leader in the clubhouse. But FSU is going to have every opportunity to sell him on this program. And if they can, it would be a really nice addition. Um, he's, he's an accomplished route runner. He's got good route running skills already. He's got good speed. Um, you know, good frame for, for what you're going to ask him to do. And, and he's also a kid who, once he gets to that third level, he can really turn on the jets. So he is a legitimate deep threat. Um, so if you can add him to the class, you've got all day Dre, you've got Hakeem and you've got Andy John or Gene, and all of a sudden you've got three legitimate deep threats and three guys who are really, really talented. So uh, this is going to be a fun one to see, you know, this would be kind of, you know, a little bit of a, a nice cherry on top of the Sunday if FSU was able to flip him, because not only do you add a very talented player who could potentially see playing time early on special teams and maybe in the wide receiver rotation, but you also weaken one of your rivals. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, by no means am I confident enough to say that FSU is going to pull the flip off of this stage, but uh, we'll see what happens, man. And it's, it's an exciting thing that they were able to get him on campus again. It yeah, it's interesting it to me because he, he hasn't really seemed to give Florida state a ton of love, but Mike Norvell and company have just continued to recruit him and, and bring him on campus when possible. And, 
as you mentioned, he's a really good route runner and he has like some deceptive speed. Like the dude is just like a smooth fast. Like he's a four by 100. He was the anchor on that four by 100 team in high school. He can, he can absolutely move. Let's go one other uh, guy that's visiting offensive lineman, Chris Otto, uh, three-star looks like he's interested in Stanford as well. He's been on campus multiple times. Uh, Josh, I'll go over to you. Uh, your thoughts on Chris Otto is this a kid we see in Florida State's class? I'm really having a hard time getting a read. I've seen a lot of places say that he's one of Florida State's highest priority guys. I'm not sure that's the case. A very smart guy, you know, uh, Stanford, Princeton, Harvard, Yale, like all these teams want him. Uh, he also took a visit to Syracuse recently. Um, Penn State offered fairly recently. He's, he's a raw player, um, obviously has a high AQ, but he also wrestles, which I know that Coach Atkins likes and, and kind of that versatility again and a multi-sport guy. Um, hasn't played the best competition necessarily, so he would be a project more uh, two to three years before you probably see him on the field. Um, we'll see. I, I just wonder, like Florida State offered him a long time ago. They confirmed that it was a committable offer, but he hasn't committed yet. So so why is he waiting to pull, to pull the trigger if that's the case? I don't think he's a make or break guy by any means. Uh, if he comes to Florida State, great. That's another body. If he doesn't, I think there are options already on the roster and as well um, with, um, w- with the transfer portal. So um, I, I do want to jump to the transfer portal um, and, and try to move us through the podcast because I, I know we've been recording here for a while. Um, first thing I'm going to talk about, and I'm just going to mention it briefly, uh, Daryl Jackson is supposed to be there. Commitment, we, we talked about him already, but he is looking to be there this weekend. And he's joining uh, an amazing, amazing class. But before I go there, Josh wants to jump in with something. Well, I just want to say, like, that's great to get a commitment already from the transfer portal on campus with all these other transfers. Like, hey, like, Florida State's a great program. I've already committed. Come join me. Uh, Florida State's done a really good job about lining up recruiters being there uh, from from already committed guys. I mean, Hakeem's going to be there as well. And, you know, that, that guy just loves to talk about Florida State. And, and, and just a shout out to current players as well. That's a huge part of recruiting that I don't think it's talked about enough. Like if your players aren't buying in and recruiting the program for you, you're not going to land a lot of guys. You've got to have the kids that are currently there that are saying, Hey, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but this is the place to go. You want to come to Florida state. I love it here. I've, I've seen it up close and personal when guys have, have trash programs and kids don't end up going there. This is a big thing. And these players are buying in and, and it's not necessarily all starters, too. It's walk-ons and some other kits that Florida State is using to recruit some of these uh, some of these big-time players. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. 
Yeah, and let's talk about one of those big-time players and the, the relationship that he has. A former um, college roommate of Wyatt Rector, uh, defensive tackle Braden Fisk is supposed to be on campus. This guy has been one of the hottest names in the transfer portal from the moment he hit. Uh, he's out of Western Michigan. Um, he, he's a guy that's, that is a defensive tackle that's going to get in the backfield which Florida state hasn't always had the last few years. So this is a, this is a big, a big deal to get him on campus. He's, he's already hit up Notre Dame. He's got almost all the big schools after him. So for Florida state to actually get him to come down there, that's a big deal because he's from the North and, and a lot of those guys end up staying up there. David, uh, I want to talk to you first about this. Yeah. I, uh, when I was putting together my article for this, I hope I don't misspeak on the stats. I apologize if I, if I misspeak on them, but uh, looking at his statistics that he's recorded, I want to say he's got like a hundred quarterback <laughs> pressures. Yeah. How many defensive tackles do you know at any level who have gotten a hundred quarterback? Pressures? That's, I, I thought it was a typo. I was like, did they mean 10? But I think it's a hundred. I mean, that's, that's insane. And it just shows you that he's such a high motor guy, but he's much more than a high motor. He's got excellent, uh, you know, moves and the ability to shed blocks and be disruptive and, yeah, there aren't many hotter names in the portal than than Fisk right now. And, you know, we're, we're trying to, to temper our hopes on this because he is originally from Indiana. Um, Notre Dame has made a very strong impression on him. Uh, but, I mean, it's Notre Dame. And for kids who grew up in Indiana, um, you know, Notre Dame is, is the jewel. So um, I don't know if, if FSU is going to be able to sway him. Uh, but, but they're getting them on campus and that's huge because there are probably dozens of other programs who are, are, would kill to get him on campus this weekend. Um, so we'll see, we'll, you know, Wyatt Rector and his family are going to play a big role in this certainly. And, um, FSU could, could certainly use him. I think that he is a plug and play starter on the, def the defensive interior. If he comes here, I think he is an immediate starter based on his production and skill set. Um, he's coming in as a grad transfer wherever he goes. So he's got one year, so it's a money year for him and, and he's going to play with his hair on fire. So we'll see what happens. Um, as of right now, I think you have to, to, you know, give Notre Dame credit as the leader in the clubhouse, but we'll see, you know, FSU gets the last impression on him. So we'll see what happens here, but, uh, exciting that, that guys like that will at least be on campus. And again, I think that speaks to, the reputation of this staff and, and their ability to, to take guys from the portal and turn them into NFL draft picks. Well, and, and the fact that they were able to get in home with Fisk and, and convince him to come down to Tallahassee for an official visit, that, like that in and of itself is a win. Like getting them on campus is a huge part of the battle and, and they're able to do that. And now you get to reunite him with, as you said, Wyatt Rector and Wyatt Rector can help sell Florida State instead of his coaches have to sell it. I know that their sizes are, are not relative um, because they are not similar, but whenever I think about defensive tackles that were just an absolute havoc in the backfield, I think of Wake Forest as Nikita Whitlock. He was only <laughs> like 5'11", 250. Yep. Hated that guy, but that he could get in the backfield with just such ease. And I think Fisk has that same ability uh, with the quarterback pressure stats that we've seen there and watching some of his films. So um to get pressure up the middle just totally changes defensive game plans and how offenses have to set up their lines uh, where instead of, you know, working from the outside in, they now have to 
to really change their blocking scheme. So uh, Fitz could be a huge addition for Florida State. And, and then it's a kid that's showed that he can play at the top level. Like he had success against Pittsburgh. Each of the last two seasons had success against Michigan State. So he's a kid that's shown that he could play at that at the highest level. Yep. Uh, next guy I want to talk about, I'm kind of starting first with, with guys that are, are really big on the national scene, have a lot of national offers. Um, this is a guy that I've seen it say that he's expected to be on campus. Uh, I So we have that out there. He's still a guy that it wouldn't shock me if for some reason he didn't because he is such a national name. Uh, he's probably the top cornerback in the transfer portal out of Virginia, uh, Fintrell Cypress. Uh, Josh, this is a, I mean, this is huge getting him on campus if he shows up. And Florida State's got the playing time to pitch. I know we kind of talked about this last, last podcast. This could affect the Brown recruitment as well. Uh, but this is a guy that you push all your chips in on. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if if Brown wants in and Cypress wants in, Florida State's taking both. Cypress is obviously the priority here, but I think Florida State needs help in the secondary, and I think they would take both guys. But yeah, Cypress is an absolute stud. Second team All ACC this year. Uh, PFF had him first team All ACC. Um, just a just a lockdown corner, and that's exactly what Florida State needs. And I think a theme that we're seeing here is a lot of team captains, a lot of academic honor roll guys among these transfer portal players, and and that's not an accident. Um, and, and interesting to me that he's from Rock Hill, South Carolina. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida <laughs> State's trying to kind of get Chris Hope involved here. And, and, and maybe, hey, here's a kid that was from Rock Hill, came and starred in the secondary at Florida State down in Tallahassee. Maybe you can follow in his footsteps. You and your, your encyclopedic brain, Josh. It's, it's amazing. Um, David, uh, I, I think it goes without saying, this guy comes to Florida State. He's your starter day one. All right, we talked about Morlock earlier, and I said I couldn't put him as number one because Ventrell Cyphus is coming to campus. This is my number one want because FSU fans, I mean, we all share the collective trauma of watching the secondary this past season, and it is just mind-boggling that FSU continues to bring in such talent at the defensive backfield. And, and this isn't to throw guys under the bus by any means, because some of them have dealt with injuries. Uh, some of them, like Azariah Thomas, I mean, they're true freshmen. He's only going to get better. But you just look at it and you're like, man, what the hell? Why, you know, why can't we get an established starter in here who's consistent and raises the talent level? Fentrell Cypress is that guy. He is an immediate starter for you. As Josh said, he's got team captain written all over him. He is exactly the kind of influence you need in that, in that defensive back uh, position room for the young guys to look up to. This is a no-brainer. And I'm telling you, if he comes to Florida State and he replicates the success he had at UVA, you're looking at a first-day draft pick in the NFL you're looking at a guy who will help you recruit defensive backs in the future. He could do for transfer portal defensive backs what Jermaine Johnson has done for Florida State for transfer portal defensive linemen. And this is a kid, like you said, this is a kid you go all in on. You do whatever it takes to get him. And uh, I think this would be, this is by far the most exciting development that has happened for this for this last recruiting weekend in my eyes. I can't believe FSU was able to get him here. I, I, it shocked me. And, and uh, granted, we, you know, we haven't confirmed that he is coming and he could very well go somewhere else because literally everybody wants this guy. But 
what a job by the Florida State staff. And we got to give credit to, to a name that we often don't give much credit to on the recruiting trail, and that's Adam Fuller. Adam Fuller has done a big, big deal here uh, working on this. So if he, if he shows up this weekend, man, that's a statement by Florida State. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I, I, that, I, I'll gush for another 40 minutes if you let me. This is my number one top priority as far as transfer portal guys go. All right, I'm going to swing to two last guys, uh, two guys that I think Florida State has a, a better shot at than the first two. Not Again, not saying that Florida State doesn't have a shot there, but I, I think these are guys that they're in better position. Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is Colorado transfer Casey Roddick, offensive guard uh, that was an absolute rock uh, for that Colorado offensive line. Uh, last week, I think it was, Josh, he, he set his Twitter location to Tallahassee. Uh, but then, you know, nothing really came of that. He ended up visiting NC State this past weekend, uh, I think, as NC State's offensive line coach left. So that's got to be a little bit of a, a crazy blow. I think this is a kid that could commit to Florida State if he gets the green light. Yeah, I think each of these next two kids are, are guys that if they get the green light, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them commit to Florida State, um, be it this weekend or, or sometime after early signing day. But a kid that, again, team captain, representing Colorado at the Pac-12 Media Day, uh, 42 career games, 30 starts at offensive guard, just a solid offensive lineman, a veteran, one more year to play, kind of a money year situation for him. A kid that grew up actually told me liked Florida State growing up, so has some comfort there. I think he'll connect very well with Alex Atkins, um, a dude that likes to do work in the community, will fit in well with – Florida State and Rising Spear and all that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't at all be surprised to see uh, Casey Roddick in, in Garnet and Gold eventually. Yeah, David, coolest this thing, is basically – I'll go – I'm sorry, Tim. Go no, ahead. No, it's fine. I was trying to lead you in there. Basically, this is your Dylan Gibbons replacement, but go ahead. Yeah, you're exactly right, and that's, that's exactly – we're on the same page, man. That's what I was going to say because Roddick has one of the coolest personal stories. I mean, you talk about someone who has overcome adversity – Go read the stories on this kid. I, I he's he's a remarkable individual. He has he has overcome incredibly serious health concerns that many athletes don't have to worry about. Um, I don't know that he's immediately a plug and play starter, but he's definitely a guy who's going to be working with the ones and and at at the very least will be your top backup for the interior lineman. But um, really excited about him. This this is somebody who. If FSU gets, uh, you know, say FSU ends up hosting college game day next season one time or something, Roddick is the kind of guy that that um, they do a feature story on. And they they go into his background and all the things that he's overcome. Like, he's your Tom Rinaldi special, basically, if, if this. And, and that only brings even more positive attention to him and to the program that he commits to. So um, would really be a welcome addition to the, to the room, the offensive lineman room for multiple reasons. And, and then the last name I want to talk to, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Josh, you just kind of hinted towards him. This is a guy that could potentially commit to Florida state as well. Auburn offensive lineman, uh, Keandre Jones. This is a massive man. Uh, we've been hearing for a couple of weeks now that he's looking to potentially visit Florida state. Um, what are your thoughts there, Josh? Probably a guy that if he comes to Florida State needs to lose a little bit of weight um, just to kind of get in better football shape. Uh, started in 2020 and 2021 for Auburn at right guard, um, but was a backup this past season. 
and struggled when he did play. Uh, part of that could have been just Auburn's total meltdown on the field, especially on the offensive side of the ball with a guy that really shouldn't have been playing quarterback at, at that level. Um, a kid that had a good time on his West Virginia visit. West Virginia is a team to, to watch there, in my opinion. Um, but I think if he got the green light, I would not be surprised again to, to see him commit to Florida State. But again, an, an honor roll guy um, multiple times and, and just a good presence in the locker room uh, and, and, and a very talented road grader on the offensive line. And just graduated from Auburn, if I'm not mistaken. I think he yep. posted graduation pictures, right? And and uh, I would love to see him at Florida State selfishly, if for no other reason, because I just want to see what Alex Atkins can do with a guy like this, who has had, as Josh said, he had success early on, then kind of took a dive this last season, probably, you know, may have some confidence issues, needs to reshape his body a little bit. This is exactly the kind of kid that coaches like Alex Atkins make their money off of. And so I would just love to see what Alex Atkins and Josh Storms can do with a guy like Keandre Jones, who, as you said, Tim, this is, he's just a mass of humanity, like a small planet right now. And so I, I really would love to see how FSU could transform him and see what they could get out of him. And, 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 go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, sorry, quickly, uh, a kid that just graduated, but he should have multiple years of eligibility left. David, I'm just picturing the right side of the line of, of Keandre Jones at right guard and, and Jeremiah Byers at right tackle, basically <laughs> seven, 700 pounds of, of human beings between two people. That would yeah, be good just luck, amazing. Right? <laughs> good yeah, it's, luck. It's, I, I mean, I, I worry about Trey Benson trying to squeeze through that hole. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to see how many guys Florida State takes in the portal this year on the offensive line because they have a lot of guys returning that could start but they don't have a lot of guys that are established starters at this level. I personally would like to see them take three. Um, and, and for me, I would be very happy with Jeremiah Byers, Keandre Jones, and Keon, or, sorry, and Casey Roddick. I think those are the type of guys that you need. Those are the type of guys that don't necessarily threaten your current players because uh, Casey's going to be gone in one year, so you wouldn't have to worry about Armella potentially, you know, becoming unhappy there. Uh, not to mention, I think he'll be in your rotation anyways. Uh, and then you got Roddick is a versatile or not Roddick, but Byers is a versatile player that can play on a number of different positions of the line, kind of a bigger Darius Washington, which is really the knock on Darius is his size. Uh, and I think it just totally cements your line. If you're able to pick up those three, Tim, I'm going to let you close it out. I just want to say one more thing. I think it's very interesting timing that Florida State is breaking ground on their football-only facility on the final official visit weekend before signing day. Let's just put it that way. I think that's yeah. very, very interesting timing. Yeah, funny how that works, huh? It's almost like they could have schematics up to show all the recruits and their families. Hmm. And then and, and FSU finally got an athletic director, and Michael Alford, who understands it and really, really, truly gets it. It's going to be neat having uh, that many fields bigger than Miami's. IPF. Yeah. And, and I, you know, any given day on the Florida state campus, you probably have more people milling around the uh, indoor practice facility than you do on a game day in Miami. <laughs> well, if you like this type banter, uh, check us out on Tomahawk nation and our official recruiting thread. Uh, we'll be there to get all the answers that we have. Uh, it's news breaks. We'll share it, let you know what we're hearing from the people that, that we've contacted and hopefully come out of this weekend with some good news heading into early signing day. Uh, we're looking at our schedules. We're hoping to get an early signing day type podcast out, uh, but we'll let you know for sure at Tomahawk Nation. 
Uh, give us a like on, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, tell all your friends we said hi. Uh, tell Josh you hope he gets warm. Uh, and until next time, for Josh Pick, for David Stout, I am Tim Allenball. For Tomahawk Nation, this has been the Florida State of Recruiting Podcast. We are the three stars. Let's keep climbing.